All right. Welcome to another a special episode of Topical Brainstorm. My name is Christian Larson, and I'm here with my co-host, Garrett. How are you doing, Garrett? I'm doing quite well. How are you, my friend? Doing well. And uh, we also, this is a special episode, as I said, because we have our first official guest star, my wife. Uh, go ahead, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Kylie. All I'm right. Christian's wife. All right. <laughs> nice to meet you, Kylie. <laughs> nice to make your acquaintance, Garrett. Yes, yes. Even As though you know these two know each other. So <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> um so she's on here to answer some questions. Uh me and Garrett have gone through two chapters of the book The Man's Guide to Women, and we brought on a woman. <laughs> To answer our questions, because we're still dummies, and uh, <laughs> it should be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. It should be fun. Hopefully, Kylie has some good answers for for me, at least. You know, <laughs> I'm going to do my best. Thank you. Thank you. All we ask. With the disclaimer that I can't speak for all women. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> that That is so obvious that it... it should be it said, almost, but it shouldn't have to be. It almost didn't need to be said. Yes. I, I thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. I do. Yeah. All right. So before <laughs> right, well, we get into that, everybody, before we get into that, me and Garrett are going to give brief updates on our goals that we've been um, announcing publicly these last few weeks. Do you want to go first, Garrett? How? How's your how's your stuff going? How's Dude. your subway going? How many subway tickets have you had? I had a bad week and in a moment of weakness twice this week. You had a foot long? I ate the entire sub. Oh, GG. I ate the whole thing. It, I just Okay, here's my reasoning though. I'm totally going to justify this, all right? At least the first one. It was a meatball marinara. Those things taste so bad if you save half of it and eat it hours later. At least that's what I told myself so I could eat it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that one, not great. However, I did go to the gym twice this week, so that's twice more than last week that's and good. last month. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so, uh, so it sounds like one potential solution is don't order the meatball marinara. Yeah, that is what I came to the conclusion of. All right. Remind me, is this goal primarily to lose weight and so, to be more healthy? I it was to save money. Or is it to save money? It started out to save money, and then I was like, I was sitting uh, one day, I was changing my clothes, and I have a mirror in my room, and I was like, man, I'm getting big. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably stop eating as much. So it's also been that, just eating less um, to lose weight, which I guess is now one of my official goals because I hadn't made it official till now. So I don't even need to lose weight. I just need I, – I want to feel better, you know, just like physically. I'm slow, lethargic. I feel like a slug half the time. So, <laughs> yeah, just want to – I want to feel good again, like I was, like I'm, I was 20. Yeah, those were the days. <laughs> those were the days. You just need to eat more vegetables. That's probably true. Have you ever had a Brussels sprout? No. 
Because we tried them for the first time the other day. Well, I had them before. Okay, I tried them for the first time the other day, and they actually were not bad. They just smell so stinky, though. Well, I think it probably depends on how you cook them. We just yeah. put them in like the pre, you could like prepackaged, like steam them in the microwave. So you really don't have to deal with too much smell. Okay, that's fair. Anyway, I'll look into that. Yeah. Prepackaged Brussels sprouts. Okay. <laughs> don't, yeah, you don't have to limit yourself to Brussels yes, sprouts. Though. That's They've fair. They've got broccoli, cauliflower, and carrots, all you sorts can of get, stuff. You can get like five. Well, they don't even have $5 footlongs anymore. You could get like, Seven bags of vegetables at Walmart for the same price as one foot long. That's true. But you know how many vegetables you have to eat to like feel somewhat full? <laughs> yeah, but the nutritional quality. Yeah, the nutritional quality is superior. I'll give that to you. <laughs> um, my other goal of reading, not, not great this week. Um, I need to make more time for it. I with school starting up, I just haven't had time, so I'll yeah. do better with that one for sure. I always had a really hard time reading when I have homework and stuff to work on, but yeah, I get it. That's tough. Do you, did you watch any TV this week though? So I laid in like when I go to sleep, I usually watch something as I fall asleep. So I did, which I shouldn't. I should force myself to not watch TV. That's okay. I'm I'm gonna cut off TV at bedtime. Okay, that's your new goal. Unless I've read something. <laughs> yeah, that probably that probably has negative effects on your sleep as well. Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. Well, how were how were your goals? My goals. So, as far as my time on my phone, well. Again, the main goal is to just use my time better. Uh, I just checked my my daily usage, and it's up to like four hours, ten minutes a day. But the biggest thing was me and Kylie went on vacation, and on Monday we flew home. And so I spent about 11 hours that day on my phone. A lot of it was just like I watched three movies on the airplane. So that wasn't exactly time poorly spent, I feel like especially because my overhead light didn't work, so I couldn't read. Um, plus, like, the screen in front of you didn't work. Plus, yeah. Either, so. Yeah, on most of our flights, my screen was broken, so. That sucks, man. How'd you draw that straw? I don't know. I, I Twice, though, on two of our four flights, it was uh, it was busted, so. How long did you spend in an airplane? Well, it was like a three-hour flight to Atlanta and then another three- to four-hour flight to the Virgin Islands. So eight hours there, eight hours back. But Yeah, so that was a bad day, but... Just threw your averages off. Yeah, yeah. But overall, I'm still... This is my fir- our first week of real school, and I feel like I did okay when I had time to... When it was my time to sit down and study. Um. But I'm going to, I think next week will officially be the first normal week where I can uh, really put this to the test and try to implement these strategies of leaving it in the other room and and all that. So hopefully by next episode, I have more to report on. There we go. Uh, And just in addition, I've also been thinking about, you know, my own personal health. And I don't know exactly what goal I want to set, but I will 
next episode have something to report on that because I also feel like I need to be more healthy. And there are plenty of ways to do that. You know, it's not necessarily lose weight, but I also want to feel better, like you said, and uh, eat more Brussels sprouts. So I don't know if my goal will be, yeah, to like not eat late at night or to just even get more sleep or whatever it is. I'll have I'll have a goal like that next episode to report on. But that's where I'm at. You got any okay. you got any goals you want to tell us about? Yeah, Kylie, how's how's your goal setting and achieving going? You know, the only like conscious goal that I've really tried to set is to be better at responding to text messages. Really? For this year, yeah, I just am so bad at it. <laughs> but it honestly hasn't been going amazing. I don't I I'm not going to lie. I don't understand I wish I did understand people that are 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 bad at that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I get like two texts a day. So it's really easy. I just don't understand like Yeah, I feel uh, like I used to feel that way. And then yeah. it happened to me and I don't I guess it's just like Sometimes I just end up in these like really lengthy text conversations, so it takes a lot of like thought to put in yeah you have to put in a lot of thought to respond to it well and that's just a really daunting thing when you're like I don't know like trying to live your life and be present in your life you know so I guess that's kind of a factor but also the fact that like I work 12-hour shifts like means I'm basically dead to the world for three days out of the week so if I if I get texted on a day that I'm working I probably won't respond for a couple days because I'll see it, but then I'll be like, oh, I'll respond to that when I get off, but then I don't think about it. Anyway, it's just, there's a lot of things, but. That makes sense because I sent you a text a couple days ago and I was like, huh. Yeah. The day after, or two days after you texted me back and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot I sent that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then people are like, I don't have anything else to say by the time I respond. And that's fine. That's exactly what happened. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, I'm okay. working on. You did respond to that. Yeah, well, it did. We'll see if we can ever follow up on that one. Yeah. All right, Back, but I can keep myself accountable. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else to add in that uh, regard, Garrett? No, I I'm good. All right, let's jump in to the main event here. The idea was we bring on an expert, a.k.a. a woman, to tell us about women. And as Kylie said, she can't speak for everybody, but me and Garrett have put, in to get, have put together a few questions we want to ask her. And I think I'm going to go first. So the first question, one quote from the book, it says, Research shows that what men do in a relationship is, by a large margin, the crucial factor that separates a great relationship from a failed one. Um, Kylie, why do you think that is? <laughs> Great question. Honestly, when I first read, or well, I guess I didn't first read it. I first heard it on your podcast because I listen to the podcast every week. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway. Thanks um, for your faithful uh, listenership. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, honestly, I I kind of just like didn't, Like, I kind of want to see the statistics, you know, like, show me the footnote where you got that statistic, because it feels not believable to me, because I feel like, 
And and he does say like that a woman still has to do her part. But I honestly that's a question that I had too. Like, show me the statistics and like tell me why that is, you know? Like what and like he kind of goes into it a little bit. I feel like he talked about like the fact that some men just don't like put in the effort to understand what they don't understand. And I feel like that would be like my best guess as to why that is. Because if some if if a man doesn't understand where a woman's coming from and doesn't put any effort into it, then you know, like can you really be mad if you don't get it, if you didn't try to get it? Anyways, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. A little bit. But I would like to st- to see the statistics is is my main answer to that because I don't I'm not 100% convinced. So if you see it written down on some other paper that will convince you? <laughs> well, no. It have to be it have to be a a verified source. Okay, that's fair. It's a big enough sample size. All right. So you want like an actual like study then? Yeah, he like Which talks, is about, fair. He talks about this love lab, but yeah, his love lab is pretty official according <laughs> according, according to the Gottmans. Yeah. Okay, it sounds pretty official, but I like that answer. You're satisfied. You left us satisfied. All right, <laughs> and smiling. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, but maybe we should dig more into that and try to find a study. Yeah, sorry, I don't have a good answer for that one. Why don't you do the research? <laughs> I don't know. I okay. apologize. <laughs> Kylie That's Paul. funny. Well, Garrett, yes. hit her with a question. Um, sorry, I just got to send this text to my sister real quick. <laughs> I'm sp- right now? I'm supposed to be driving home tonight, and I kind of forgot, which I'm still going to do it, but I've... Need to tell her I'm coming. All right. Well, waiting on you. I know. I know. What's new? Uh, now Kylie's pulled out her phone. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. We're spiraling. Question, question number one for you, Kylie. So the Gottmans have found uh, that what women really want and look for is trustworthiness in a man, of course. Uh, but not necessarily in the conventional sense of the word, but rather that they are who they say they are and they do the things that they say they're going to do. Um, do you agree with their findings? I think so. I think that that is probably the most important thing. I don't think I had that conscious thought before I read that, but I do think that like, being reliable and like being a cannibal and being there is that sounded like you said being a cannibal but <laughs> being accountable so my oh. bad i just misheard probably well i might have said that we'll I find out we'll find know. out when we edit it i guess yeah um i do think that those are really important and so question for you if that is what's most important whether conscious or unconscious how do you um, how do you show that in a quick way to like catch catch the woman's eye? You know, because that's that's the stage I'm in, Kylie. Oh, first yeah. first impression, trustworthiness. Yeah, it's a good question. That is a good question. I feel like 
I feel like kind of dipping into some of the chivalry that the book talks about a little bit. I feel like that's a really big thing. Like, I mean, don't go overboard (laughs) because I feel like that's an issue in itself. But, um, yeah, like open her door for her. So that just screams trustworthy. I mean, in some I like ways. it. Well, I, I feel like, like the way he talks about trustworthiness isn't just like. Isn't. I can trust that, like, if you tell me you're going to do the dishes, you're going to do the dishes. He talks about it in like a way that, like, I can trust you to like protect me, right? Like emotionally, physically, and I guess like opening someone's door. But like he used the example of like, like when you're like walking down a street, like you should be the one like walking like closer to traffic. Right. Like that's like yeah. something that I would think of as chivalrous. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like, at least with that example, to me, I think that's more of like an unconscious chivalrous kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like most women wouldn't even notice that you're doing that. I feel like unconsciously they would though. Yeah. I I, I think you're right. I feel like that's like one example of like something you could do to win unconscious points. But also like he also used the example in the book of like like when you go on a date with somebody like what they're really looking for is like somebody so if like trustworthiness is the most important thing, like whether they know that or not if you are trying to if you're going into it trying to seem interesting to her instead of like being interested in her you know like if you show that you are interested in what she has to say and like interested in getting to know getting to know about her life as opposed to like trying to impress her I feel like that's another big way to show like emotional trustworthiness like showing that you're going to be a good listener in I like that future relationship I, I like that one a lot that's a how to win friends principle right there yeah. yeah. Good connection. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good answer. Uh, any other follow-up questions with that one, Garrett? No, not that I can. Do you have any? No, I'm satisfied. Smiling. <laughs> We're all satisfied uh, and smiling. You've always <laughs> left me satisfied and smiling. <laughs> so my next question, we've already touched on it. It was the chivalry. He mentions in the book how doing those things like opening the door um, show trustworthiness. And I guess this question is kind of focused at at Garrett's situation in life. But I, I noticed this as well before I got married that whenever the topic of chivalry would come up, I feel like a lot of girls and women are kind of against it or not necessarily against it, but just not fans of it. Like, I don't want you to open my door. That's dumb. Stuff like that. Like, I've heard plenty of people say that. That's plenty because, of girls that's say that. because we're all feminists. Yeah. So that's my question. Why? Is, is that really yeah. it? Yeah, I just feel like the culture has changed. I feel like, I mean, again, I can't speak for all women, and I don't want to say anything offensive to feminists out there, but I really do feel like it's just the attitude of, like, I don't really need you. Like, I want to be independent. I want to be, like, a strong, independent woman on my own. I don't need you to open my door. But, and I will say that, like, 
chivalry to an extent. Like, I just think it's more like when somebody says chivalry, it's like, I feel like everybody goes to the like opening the door for somebody. The traditional. Right? That's like the traditional, things. yeah. But like, if you've ever been in a situation, which like I'm assuming like most men haven't, but like if you've been in a situation where like somebody like you're like on a date with somebody and like you're like driving somewhere and then you like park and you have to like sit in the car and wait for them to get out of the car, walk all the way around the car. <laughs> To open your door it's just kind of ridiculous it's like that becomes like less of a gesture and more of just like this is awkward yeah that's like a chore at that point yeah it's like <laughs> i could have opened that door a lot quicker and like we could have just like moved on sure yeah. like open the door for me if we're like walking through it together but like if you have to walk all the way around the car like i can really just do it by myself you know but obviously there's more to chivalry than just that but I just feel like it's the perception of chivalry has changed because of a lot of. So what you're saying is chivalry is dead. Not dead. <laughs> I, do think, I do think that there are a lot of, a lot of situations and I think probably most of them are like unconscious. Like we were talking about like walking on the road, you know, but I, yeah. All right. Yeah. So. I, I don't I, to open the door when you're getting out of the car. <laughs> I have a follow-up question for you. Okay. So one time there was this girl that I really liked. And uh, like I, I tend I, – I think I'm a pretty nice guy, you know, most of the time. So um, we were making food, just a big group of us. And I got up and like made a plate. And brought it to to this girl, and I was gonna make a plate for everyone and just bring it to them because that it was easier. And mm -hmm. she just happened to be the first one, and she's like, "That's okay, I can get it myself." And she got up and went and got her own, which was fine. I mean, it was slightly embarrassing because it was like in front of everyone, and everyone there knew that I liked her and stuff. Oh, so like that part sucked, but it was fine. I forgave her. It's. Yeah. whatever water into the bridge yeah but like in a situation like that why like is it really such a big deal to have someone do something for you because most of the time when when i do stuff especially for women it's usually for for myself it's it's not usually i mean it's for them but it benefits me most of the time way more than it benefits them anyway. Does that make sense? So like, no. why? So like, it's like, like with service, when you give service, when you serve someone, uh, yeah. it's not just the person that you serve that's benefiting. It's also you. Right. So it's, and I kind of feel like it's the same way. Like, why do some people, and I've only experienced this with women, but I'm sure it's men too. Why Why is it so hard for people to accept help from other people? Now, that is a big question because I feel like there are a lot of factors. There are. I I, I understand that, you know? Like, it's, it's hard to accept help from someone, especially, like, if you think you can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it, I think a lot of it has to do with pride and it, it's not necessarily like a super negative version of pride. It's just like, I can do it myself. Like 
like don't dote on me because it's always weird to accept someone just like serving you nonstop. Well, I also feel like it can be like an intention thing. Like maybe she like mm. in that situation that you brought up, like maybe she felt like it was drawing unnecessary attention to her, which made her a little uncomfortable. Where like if like you'd like if she'd like seen that like you were making plates for everybody and like just like handed her one, right? Like maybe that would have been different. But I don't know, I think attention is something a lot of people fear sometimes. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But also maybe she's just particular about her portion sizes. Because <laughs> let's be real, that could be the biggest factor here. That could be. Could have been. I don't know. Men eat a lot of food. Yeah, like for example, if That's Christian true. if Christian like <laughs> makes my portions, he gives me way too much rice. Every time. <laughs> I do. <laughs> for me, we make like a we make rice in like a rice cooker, right? Yeah. I would make like a cup of rice and like probably eat like maybe half if i was hungry okay but christian insists that we make two cups usually but then he'll like scoop up the amount that he that he wants and then the amount that i want and by the time like i'm like even halfway through i'm like i'm full <laughs> well we've adjusted i no longer it's, make you a plate of food so you're right <laughs> i don't happens. know why but it's mostly with rice that you do that yeah, I like or I like, like rice. anything like heavy <laughs> in the carbs. Christian carb loads. See, I, I grew up eating I pasta like eight times a week. So <laughs> I, I do the same thing. I carbo load. That's yeah. why I'm getting so chunky. <laughs> well, all I, right. Carbs are important. I just feel like yeah. I don't, I don't need to eat a full cup of rice by myself. <laughs> Anyways, maybe that's besides your question, but. I feel All right. Like, it could be related. I feel like that might have been a factor. All right. Fair enough. Okay, Garrett. Next question. Go. Oh, okay. Um, so in the book, they talk about women being afraid more often than men. Do women really feel fear more often than men? Like, do you think that's an accurate statement? Um. Well, I mean, when I read this, I kind of like led me to think about the last time that I felt fear and it definitely was less than a year ago. I mean, like the way, cause the way he phrased it was like fear for your life. Right. Like yeah. fear in general. Like I, I feel like I probably feel it at least a few times a month, but like fear for my life, maybe not that often, but. Yeah. It was kind of weird how they phrased it. In my opinion. Yeah. Like, I feel like the first thing that I kind of thought of was, like, fear for my life. Like, like if there's, like, a situation where I'm, like, in the car and, like, you almost get in an accident, right? Like. Yeah. I feel like that happens. A lot. Frequently. Like, yeah. Especially, like, down here in Salt Lake with these, like, I-15 freeway drivers. Maniacs. Yeah, like, if you, get into, if you get into rush hour and, like, you're trying to merge and, like, somebody's just not paying any attention to who's merging onto the freeway, like, it can be scary. But I also, the only other thing that I thought of was, like, 
like there have been a couple like incidents that I've had with like patients at work who like I felt like could overpower me and got a little escalated and like it's more of like fear of like injury like fear that I'm vulnerable to being injured because I don't really know like they like put you through all of these like physical holds classes but I feel like in the moment I don't know if I would think to do that anyway so I would definitely say that I have a maybe not a fear of like losing my life but like a fear of getting injured absolutely I feel like I feel that at least a Hmm. few times a month that's interesting I feel like I do too though fear of getting injured yeah I don't know yeah, I don't know. See, I I think most of the time whenever I'm in a fearful situation, my emotion of fear flips into something else pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I didn't feel it, you know? Yeah. It doesn't leave like a lasting impression on like like I can't think back the last 2 months and been like oh, I definitely felt fear in this situation like i can't really remember and i'm sure i did feel fear in the last two months or so but i just can't remember um whether that's because i didn't feel it long enough or or what i I, i'm not sure yeah that's that's an interesting point because i that makes a lot of sense like feeling fear you know going back to driving like some maniac will almost get into an accident with me or or tailgate me or whatever and I'll feel fear for a second but it does switchly it does quickly switch to anger or something else and in the book they talked about how traumatic experiences or fearful experiences can lead to PTSD but it's way more common in women than in men and I, I, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's the difference. Maybe men just get over that fear really quickly. Like they feel it and then it, it changes. And maybe that's not as true for women. I, don't I mean, know. I think there is like truth to the fact that, I mean, women in general are just smaller, like less muscular. Like, I do think that like women in general are definitely more vulnerable. So I do like, I do see that like, that would increase the amount that you feel fear. But I also just think it like the part that he talks about, like women are more likely to experience PTSD after a traumatic experience. I feel like that goes back to just the fact that women deal with emotions differently. I think we have, and again, I can't speak for all women, but like we have more of a tendency to ruminate on those negative emotions and linger with them and kind of wallow with them a little more where for guys it's more just like push it out of your head and like move on you know yeah maybe deal with it to an extent but like you don't have to I feel like women have to process it a little more and it takes a little bit longer maybe that's why it just leaves a more negative impact I don't know maybe that's a hard that's a hard question to answer do you think that that has something to do with uh (laughs) with the man's tendency to see emotions as uh, as a problem and fix them that the book talks about I mean probably I think it it's like that example that he used of the kids 
like uh, in elementary school. I lost my train of thought. Those games in elementary school yeah. where the girls would resolve the problem by talking. And yeah. The boys would just be like, okay, your turn. Take the ball. Stop crying. And then they <laughs> yeah. solve the problem, but like, yeah. Yeah, like the, the main motivation for solving the problem was to like get back to the game. Just to keep playing. And yeah. like, they, for the yeah. girls, it was like the barrette was like a symbol of like friendship. And really, they just like wanted to like deal with that emotion and like figure out where that relationship was and like had nothing to do with the barrette or the hopscotch or whatever they were doing. Just like they, re- I think in general, like they see negative emotions as problems. Oh yeah, we do. I would say. For sure. right? Yeah. I think that's so fair. I do feel like this would apply. Like fear is, I would say is perceived as a negative emotion. Yeah. So it's just a problem to be solved. In, in the book, they talk about these negative emotions that, that men, view or these motions that men view as negative at least mm-hmm. do women also do they really not view those as negative is that just like a man thing or do they also see these emotions um, as as negative see i again i can't speak for all women but <laughs> i know that i probably don't need to say this at this point but i definitely think that i have me personally, I have a lower threshold for like what I perceive as a negative emotion. Like, for example, have you seen the movie Inside Out? I have. Like the way they perceive sadness in that movie, like makes a lot of sense to me because I feel like there's a lot of things in life that are just melancholy, but like lead to greater joy. Another like negative emotion that it would be perceived as negative as like like a disagreement or conflict or like frustration or like a misunderstanding right like to me like and this is honestly something that's come up in Christian and I's relationship is we'll have a disagreement about something and he will view it as contentious and really like I'm just trying to understand where he's coming from, where the issue is and like trying to like grow from it by like getting a better understanding. But the conversation is being perceived by him as contentious where I'm not perceiving it that way at all. It's just like, let's figure this out. Like let's get to the bottom of it so we can move forward. Interesting. Okay. So I would say yes. In my experience, I think that I have a lower threshold for negative emotions. Okay. All right. Christian. So my, my last question, which kind of relates to what Kylie just brought up, but it talks about men's two main complaints and they are, there's too much fighting and there's not enough sex. And to go along with that, women's two main complaints were there's not enough intimacy and connection, and the other complaint was that he's never there for me. But focusing on that, the too much fighting. So that's a main complaint men have. And then the Gottmans also point out that these strong emotions that men would call negative, those are opportunities for intimacy. So looking at our marriage and asking in general 
a lot of times, and maybe it's maybe it comes out of you being more emotional than me or me not being emotional enough for you in certain moments, a lot of those times that those strong emotions are shown, it's led to fighting, right? Because we're two imperfect people trying to understand each other, having a hard time because it's hard at times. Um, but those, you know, there's those strong emotions shown. One of us doesn't understand what's going on, usually me. And that leads that <laughs> leads to a true. fight, right? Which in turn makes me feel less intimate and less connected with you. So my question is, how how can we go about and this is something that you know i think we're figuring out right but how in general can people go about figuring out how to deal with those emotions and gain understanding without it becoming a fight you know like what can the man do what can the woman do to deal with those emotions to communicate better and to to gain that understanding without a bunch of contention or without there being a big fight if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I think, and we're not perfect at this by any means, but I feel like the two big things with that is not talking to each other with contempt and also not getting defensive when some, when your partner is trying to communicate something. And I think that's a responsibility on both sides of the spectrum. I think that's the man's responsibility and the woman's responsibility. I think that, yeah, like anytime there are big emotions at play, there's a chance that it will get heated because they're big emotions. So I think, yeah, like I just feel like we have to be conscious of not becoming defensive and not speaking with contempt. I think that... um I think the attune principle really goes in well with that. Um, if you just attune to your partner, I can't remember what the acronym is. Uh, attend. Turn toward. Turn toward. Understand. Understand. Oh, Non-defensive listening. Yes. And uh, engage or something. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that principle really helps. Uh, as you were asking that question though, Christian, I, I was thinking back to Kylie's answer that she had just given before that, where she talked about how a lot of times, um, she'll be talking or saying something and it's viewed as a fight, even though she's not viewing it as a fight. So yeah. Kylie, with the, with the question that Christian just asked, do you think, that men just perceive these negative emotions more and view them as like when they come out like, Oh, this is going to be a fight when really women are just trying to understand and, uh, or trying to get them to understand, trying to get the man to understand. Yeah. Cause I think that, well, I mean, I feel like it's an overgeneralization, but I do think that in some situations, like, things are taken personal that weren't meant that way because they were perceived negatively. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? It makes sense to me because 
We've because had this conversation <laughs> a few times. We have. Can you can you elaborate? Because I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, like I just feel like it does it. I feel like usually when we have a conflict that is perceived as contentious, and again, like I don't think like I think that it's our responsibility to be aware of like how the other person is perceiving the conversation. And I think that's where my, what's, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like where I am in the wrong, right? Like that I might be talking in a way that does come off as contentious. Right. So I need to be aware of like your perception and like be aware of how you're responding to what I'm saying. But it also is, like, important that you're not not taking what I'm saying personally or making it into a problem that needs to be fixed because really my motivation is just I would like to know, like, why we disagree so we can, first of all, like, know each other better and then learn from it, find a way to compromise and then move forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I wish I could think of like a specific example, but I nothing's really coming to my mind right now. Yeah, I feel like that's really hard to always be able to perceive how someone's taking what you're saying to them. They're like body cues, though. Yeah, well, I think in my mind, and maybe I'm wrong, but in my mind, I think it's more important for me, not to perceive how they're thinking and feeling, but to just come come off in a way where I don't put them in a situation where they would feel feel like it's contentious anyway. But that's the thing is everybody's everybody's threshold for that is different. That's true. So you can't I, I don't I don't believe that you can go an entire marriage avoiding conflict. Oh no. That would be dumb, probably. I don't know. If you never never put your partner in a position where they're going to disagree with you or it could potentially lead to contention, like you're never going to have important conversations that you need to have. That's fair. Yeah. So my experience, our experience, I guess, it was definitely true that when we first got married, Kylie in my mind, would get contentious all the time. (laughs) And it's like, in my mind, I would, I would say that the first, you know, six months of our marriage, like we fought a lot, but I think Kylie would say we fought on occasion, right? Because yeah, like we have very different perceptions of that because there were a lot of times when we had a conversation and, and I just wanted to, I wanted it to be over. Like I wanted to like get to the solution end it because I felt like I was getting attacked. And I think that goes a lot back. That goes back to the non-defensive listening. I was pretty bad at that and I would get defensive and it would feel contentious. And I would, you know, just like hate that we were having this argument, this fight. Um, I think we both kind of in a way learned to attune to each other mm-hmm. where Kylie would like, you know, work a little bit on the tone she was using Um, but as we learned in this book, it was probably me who had to learn to attune because women do that their whole lives and men just don't. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I, I, I think that I think, I think that both, I had a role in that too. Like, yeah, we I, both changed, I, and which is why I want to see these statistics that <laughs> that John Gottman is saying that it's all about what the man does because I do feel like we were both we both had learning to do and we both had changes that we needed to make in order to communicate better. Yeah, I I don't know. I'd like to see the statistics as well. I do think that because um, if I just constantly attacked Christian or like made him feel like I was attacking him, that would be a really unhappy marriage. Yeah, it would be for sure. I'd also like to point out that I know plenty of of women who are anti conflict. So I I don't think that this is like a universal like women women. No, it's not. Perceive for sure. all women perceive conflict as positive because I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Well, I think that has a lot to do with it's definitely not the case. With how people grow up. You know, some people had really contentious households growing up. So they can do so they do everything they they in their power to avoid conflict yeah. as they're older. Um and other people, you know, had no conflict growing up and sometimes they because of that, they they're more willing to have conflict um, because they saw like the negatives of of not having any. I, I don't know. Everyone's yeah, got a like, story. There's like that nature versus nurture thing, you know. Like yeah. sometimes it's just like part of your personality, and sometimes it was how you grew up. They're definitely both factors, and how and yeah, I, for sure. I think how you perceive all negative emotion, not just conflict, but yeah. But that is besides the point, because we're talking about men versus women. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have anything else to add. I don't have any other questions. You got anything else to say, Kylie? Um, yeah, I was going to ask you a couple questions. Oh, boy. Or not really. Me? Or <laughs> Both of you. Oh, fun. Okay. Since I got put on the spot. Not, not really. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you a word, Garrett. Okay. And I want you to say the first five words that come to mind, okay? Okay. <laughs> and, we can't, and we can't edit this out. <laughs> we might have to. <laughs> All right. The word is... Oh, and you also only have five seconds. Five seconds? That's one <laughs> second per word. I can't even talk that fast. Yeah, you can't. I'm just saying make it quick, okay? <laughs> All right. The word is woman. Oh, boy. Fun. Beautiful. Emotional. Uh, attractive. <laughs> and, and uh, um, uh, is four acceptable? Yeah, because you're way outside your you time limit at this point. Yeah, I. You can't. You're not going to ask Kristen the same question, oh, are you? Because that. Like I'd like to I document this sure. somewhere. This is what Garrett's looking for in a woman: someone fun, beautiful, emotional, and attractive. There we go. <laughs> Ideal <laughs> woman out there. Ideal woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, and now I have a, I do have I have a different word for Christian. I'm surprised Garrett didn't say crazy. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, women aren't crazy all the time. 
All right, I'm ready. What's my word? All right, Christian, your word <coughs> is marriage. Marriage. Uh, You're on the clock. Challenging, rewarding, fun, emotional, attractive. <laughs> wow. Well I done, stole, sir. I stole three of Garrett's words, but. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. That was funny. Uh, Fulfilling. That's a good one. Exciting. Comforting. Okay. The best. All right. The Marriage best. is the best. Did I pass? Yeah. Okay, good. All I mean, right, Kylie, I got a word for you. All right. <laughs> you ready? Oh, boy. Yeah. Your word is Christian. Hot. Um, Hot. Hot, hot, and hot. Wow. Okay. It cheated. <laughs> well, that was fun. That was a good episode. All right. Uh... <laughs> That's a good review. Does Thank anyone you. else have anything to 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 say? <laughs> I think I think we're good. Thanks for guest starring. Anytime. Being our our star guest uh thanks for listening everybody uh give us a like or a review also we have an instagram page what's what's it called it's topical brainstorm topical brainstorm that's easy it's the name of the podcast that makes sense <laughs> uh, so follow us there we'll be posting when we release new episodes and uh leave a comment if you have any other answers or questions for any of us, Kylie included, and uh, we will address it next episode if you do. Yeah, just leave a comment in the review section, I guess. Or on Instagram as well. Under or on Instagram. Yeah, I forgot about that. I need to make an Instagram probably. You should. Yeah, it's, you it's should, fun. Gigi. Yeah. Kylie will be your social media I'm manager. A, I'm afraid I'm just going to waste my life on it though. Well, don't follow anybody except Topical Brainstorm, then you're good. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That's fair. fair. <laughs> no problemo there. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time.